0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. I am your host Joanne Hamilton and welcome to podcast episode number 98 where I have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Kalechi Okafor. Hello. Hi.
1: <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me Joanne. Wonderful. Thank you
0: for being on the show. And today Kalechi and I are going to discuss Getting used to hearing and saying no. Now, for those of you out there in the universe, I don't know if you're under a rock, but you don't know who Kalechi is. Let me just tell you a little bit <laughs> before. A.K.A. Kolechnikov facilitates self-actualization through dance. And Kolechi opened her Kolechnikov fitness studio in 2016 and has since been featured not once but twice as one of the top 10 <laughs> fitness classes to attend by Time Out London. And Kalechi has built her platform on talking honestly about fitness and about societal structures. Kalechi's quick wit mm. and thoughtful Instagram stories have provided a great space for her weekly podcast, Say Your Mind to Thrive. Welcome, welcome, Kalechi, to the podcast. Thank
1: you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know, you should include in your bio that you are a regular now on Woman's Hour. <laughs> you are a regular now. You've been on there at least
1: five times. Yeah, no, it's it's um, yeah. I've been on a few times. It's it's fun. I I didn't see it for myself. I didn't see it being something that would even happen. It's just you know, um, one of the producers, Olivia, she contacted me one day um about Megan and harry getting married and that was it then they were like oh keep keep coming back so i've I've been going back since i
0: love woman's hour and people are always so surprised that i like woman's hour they're like you like that show it seems so stuffy and but i don't think so i think woman's hour Mm. i think they're on point i think they're quite edgy and and you know they're out there and they have interesting conversations so it's nice to see you on there regularly now
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I think, it, I think it's, it's important to also be in those kind of conversations as well, because, you know, I guess the, people that, uh, the reason that people see it as stuffy is because um, we feel like often our voices sometimes aren't included or, that uh, you know, our experiences aren't included. So I think the more that I enter into those conversations or I'm invited into those conversations, it just means that other perspectives are being brought in as well and therefore making um the whole conversation more accessible to different types of people definitely um, so yeah the first time i thought about it i found it rather daunting i thought oh what why would they want me on I, isn't isn't women's hour for like people who are much older than i am like why am i going on there but actually no i'm surprised by just how many people actually listen yeah. so it and
0: makes they, different. i think and i think they're trying to diversify their their base as well they've got a lot of different types of women and conversations yes. happening so No, they're they're on it. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about getting used to hearing and saying no. So before we we jump into the topic, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now? Doing the podcast, um, you know, running your fitness studio and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, so I guess it's been a very long journey. Um, But when we talk about it and I look at actually the time span, it happened... Fairly quickly, Um, I think things just took off around 2000, early 2016, when I decided I wanted to leave the dance studio that I was working at. And I'd had this um, interaction with a studio in Manchester that called my twerk style Basic. And that they didn't enjoy it, which was interesting because they credited Miley Cyrus as being the originator of twerk. So those things showed me that we needed more visibility um, as black women within genres that that originated from us. Um, So I just wanted to create that visibility. So I started doing more workshops, but I noticed that the more that I was becoming more self-actualized within the industry, The more antagonism I was facing from people who are traditionally more kind of, you know, visible within that industry, within the fitness industry, within the dance industry, Mm. so suggested across the world when the story went viral about the dance studio in Manchester, they said, "Oh, get your own studio! Why don't you just open your own studio?" And at the time, I thought it was ludicrous because I just thought, "How does?" how do I just go about opening a studio? Like who, who does that? I'm a, black, I'm a black woman from Peckham. I mm-hmm. just, what, how do I do that? Um, and little by little, doing my research, looking at, you know, different spaces that were available to me within my budget for my savings and stuff. Um, I, I found a way of being able to do that and opened a small space in Clapton. Um, people, I crowdfunded, for, I crowdfunded for that and people donated to that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and people were just so generous and supportive Um, and yeah the first space opened and within a year we uh, closed that space and opened a a bigger space with two rooms in Peckham and it's at the Sojourner Truth Centre and I've known about the Sojourner Truth Centre for years and so when I saw on the council website that they might have rooms available in there I just knew that that's where I wanted to be just because of what sojourner truth had, you know done historically as well i just thought that that's what it's about you know educating your community yeah. um about things that you might not be aware of in order for us to all be empowered yeah so um i saw it as a good omen and managed to get a space at the sojourner truth center and the studio has been going well ever since and i guess since having that space i don't have to worry about oh my god I can't voice my opinion on this thing because my employer who doesn't understand about black womanhood might get offended Mm. I didn't have to worry about that anymore so therefore I could speak about the things that mattered to me And I realized that in doing that, so many other women were sending me messages. Women of different backgrounds and ethnicities were sending me messages saying, "Thank you so much for speaking about that, because I can't, based on the job that I do, I can't speak about these things." But thank you for speaking out about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it made me realize that there's something that needs to be done there. There is something. There's something that needs to be discussed there. We need. It's necessary. Um, And I remember writing a a thread. About when Muhammad Ali passed away, and I wrote about the fact that people were talking about him in this kind of eulogy, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, Muhammad Ali, his presence, his life transcended race. It transcended race." And I just thought that's such an odd phrase. What do you mean transcended race? As if you know there is a higher echelon of um, of being that somehow his um, his talent allowed him to go there which is more synonymous with whiteness, he allowed him to go there. And he, so he's not just a basic black man anymore. Right. Um, so I've read about the fact that nobody can transcend race. And it's funny that when the greats die, who are black, people try to almost, um, take away that power from them and make them this kind of diminutive very kind of meek and mild persona when that wasn't who they were when they were alive in fact they were hated and vilified when they were alive for speaking their mind about things like this so um i noticed that yeah that tweet that twitter thread got deleted by twitter Mm. don't know why There were no expletives, nothing. They just deleted it. And so that was the nudge I guess I needed from the universe that I need to transfer my thoughts to a medium that I'm more in control of. So after years of saying I'm never starting a podcast, I'm not interested in a podcast, so many people had suggested it. I decided, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. It's only going to be 30 minutes because I'm not interested in speaking Mm -hmm. for ages about stuff. It was only 30 minutes for, like, the first episode. (laughs) After that, it was an hour. Always an hour after that. Um, But that's how it came to be because I realized that I needed to find somewhere for these thoughts of mine to live so that whenever people might want to access it, it was available.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I connected with you, it was actually through Sienna. Sienna Bangor. Big up Sienna, big up Sienna, and I think you yes. guys had done something together. And she was like, "Do you know, Kalechi? She teaches twerk." And I was like, "Oh, how cool!" Mm. Like, yeah, like real twerk. I was like, "Real twerk," you know. And she said, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> and I remember looking at you, but you—I think you did something um, a video or something where you spoke. And I remember saying to Sienna, "No, this girl does not just teach twerk. Like she actually." Has- <laughs> No, because you were so, you you were heavy, like you had a lot to say. I can't remember what it mm. was. I think it was one of those things that Tiana is always involved in stuff. Like, like a video mm. or something and it was like you and some other women and you were talking about stuff and I was just like,
1: who is yeah, you? i Yeah, the Invisible series, I think it might have been, yeah.
0: Right. and yeah. then Tiana introduced us and then from there to where you are now, wow. Mm. That's all I can say. <laughs> and I'm <doing> that, <laughs> I'm glad you did the podcast because you do have a lot to say. And I think you showed a lot of people that, because I Mm -hmm. think there are a lot of people that undermine, you know, twerk. They think it's just, oh, twerk, you know, whatever. But I think you showed a lot of people that you're not just a twerk quote unquote teacher. Like you, there's a lot behind what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you definitely have a powerful voice. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you decided to podcast. But now it's all over, so.
1: There you go, <laughs> yeah. Now it's done. Now it's done, but no, it's, been, it's been great. It's been a great learning curve for me like, um, a, a lesson in consistency, commitment, um, you know, diligence in terms of research and things like that. Like, it, it, it's paid off for me greatly, greatly yeah. so handsomely. I'm sure. Great.
0: So, you that was the first time, well, not the first time, but that was your time hearing no. And I guess that was the impetus you needed to to kickstart all the things that you're doing now because they rejected you at the studio, right? Is that what it was? You had applied? for the Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I just sent them an email. Um, it wasn't a job. It was just, oh. like I wanted to take my, but um, I want to take my workshop around the country and so I was contacting a number of studios to say would you like to host this workshop that I'm doing about twerk and really educating people about the origins of twerk and they were just one of the studios that I'd messaged in and they were based in Manchester I was trying to do different cities in the UK yeah. um and so yeah, they were just one of the studios and I saw that on their website particularly said, Oh, you know, we're teaching 30 minute work classes. Um, Miley Cyrus came up with this fantastic thing. Miley Cyrus. And so, yeah. So I just thought, yeah, I think you definitely need this workshop because mm. that is a wild statement to make. Sure. And when I contacted them, you know, said, Oh, look, here's a video of the kind of um, classes that I teach would love to come through and collaborate with you and have this class at your studio.
0: Yeah.
1: And they said, um, I got an email back saying, no, I don't enjoy your style. I find it really, really basic. And, you know, all of this off a very professional email, which told me that there was something going on under the surface, more violent than they, than they care to admit. Right. And I guess it's whole thing of being shown up like oh this is what it's meant to look like oh well that's not what we're teaching oh my god she can never come to manchester because then people will know that we're not doing doing things the right way yeah so yeah that being a very very big thing but hearing that no was interesting because every no i think that i've encountered in life and i think that this is why we should get used to hearing no Mm -hmm. hearing no is a redirection always back to self the redirection back to self is what we need because at times we go outwards looking for things that we are very, very capable mm. of um, cultivating for ourselves. Mm. I didn't need, you know, to collaborate with studios to get my twerk classes out there in 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 you know eventually what actually happened was i would just hire a studio i'd pay per hour to hire a studio i'll do my promotion myself and i'll take my class or my workshop to that city and so that no was a great redirection back to self to say you know just do it yourself don't you don't need to collaborate with a studio this way you have all the creative like space yeah Necessary to what you need to do. Yeah. So,
0: no should be celebrated.
1: That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it doesn't feel celebratory, yeah. it's um, about being mindful and present enough to understand that this is definitely an energy that's redirecting us. There is no, you know, and, and being an actor as well. Her, the rejections are endless oh, you go yeah, to an audition you feel like you've yeah. nailed that audition you know that you did bits in that audition you're like yeah i nailed it and then you never hear anything back they don't even contact you to say no you didn't get it you just never hear anything back which is the worst and then you find out that you didn't get it when you finally see it on tv or in the theater like you see the person that actually did get it there's no you know, consideration even for your feelings, enough to message you and say, No, sorry, thank you for giving up your time, but you didn't get it. Yeah. So, um, in the acting world, it's harsh. It's harsh. And I've, but I, what I've learned about rejection in the acting world is that sometimes it's not about how good you are, it's just about that specific, what they want is very, very specific. Mm. So, it's therefore not taking it personally. Um, not making about the ego and understanding that things are the way that they are and just to keep moving and to keep honing your craft right. um again it comes back to a redirection back to self but not a redirection back to self where you start beating yourself up which is what I think I did for a number of years that oh I must be the problem it must yeah. be me it must be me mm. well no no it fixed rarely is anything ever truly about us right yeah and, I agree with that for sure yeah So, um, so I think that that I started to learn lessons from that and understand that it's really, even if I book the job, it's still not really about me. So, you know, either way, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. It's about taking the no and, and flipping it, flipping it and seeing what you can do with it next. So, I mean, every job that I've applied for that I didn't get. I'm glad now because imagine if I did get it, where, what would I be doing? I wouldn't probably yeah. have a studio.
0: Yeah. I read somewhere that no means next opportunity. And I've, I've always thought it meant next opportunity or create your own opportunity. Because that rejection, yes. like you said, is a redire- redirection back to self. And sometimes you've got to look inward and realize, okay, maybe this is something that I can do for myself. Maybe this is the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, saying, "Yeah." Hey, you, need, you can do this. You don't need to collaborate. You don't need to partner. Just do your own thing.
1: Just do your own thing. I mean, there's a time and place for collaboration. But okay. I think oftentimes what we're really doing by going to these places and, and wanting to do the, you know, collaborate and work for or with other people is that we're, taking a, we're trying to limit the risk of rejection or the risk of failure. Mm-hmm. When sometimes the, that alleged failure is ours and ours alone. And we have to go through it because there's a le- like a specific lesson for us as the individual. Um, having someone to like take the hit with you isn't always necessary. Sometimes the hit is for you to take by yourself. It's for, you know, for us to take on our own. And I definitely felt that with the studio because I thought, oh, maybe I just open a space with other dancers and that's the way it's meant to be. Mm. No, I instantly, I looked at the kind of like, the work ethic of the dancers around me. And they're all phenomenal at what they do. But I looked around and I thought, no, actually we wouldn't get along in a working environment because you like to do things this way. And I want to do things this way. So okay. it just showed me that I, I have everything within me, the marketing chops, the teaching chops, the organizational chops to, to do what needs to be done. Mm. So I just, yeah, I just do it. I had to do it myself. I think we've all got it within us. So anything that we need to make our, aspirations or our dreams come true. We've got it within us already. It just we just need a few redirections back to self to to make us aware of that.
0: Yeah. Something I've started to um take note of in the recent years is timing. I think timing is also important. Timing is everything. And sometimes it's just not
1: the right time or your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um uh it's really, really interesting to me when I think about the idea of time and you I've had those, well, I've had many of those times in my life, and even more so recently, where I'm getting frustrated and I'm impatient. I'm frustrated and impatient because I'm like looking around me and I think, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been putting in the work. I'm ready to move to that next stage of, of whatever this is meant to be. I'm ready. And then I remember listening to Jesus and Jalof, the podcast uh, by Yvonne Orji and Love the Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they say, like, stuck with me is in that you might be rest- ready for your blessings, but your blessings aren't ready for you. Right. Everything has to be right. The specific time, location, the people, everything has to come together. It's like an alchemy. Everything has to come together for that specific thing that you want for that specific blessing that you are so desiring to take place. Yeah, And, That's why I remind myself when that impatience kind of like starts to creep up on me that I may feel like I'm ready, but my blessings might not be ready. And actually maybe I'm just still not ready because there are still lessons to learn wherever we are. And however ready we might feel that we are every day brings with it a new lesson.
0: Yeah. Cause I remember, I mean, you shared a lot with us in your, in your podcast. And I remember you saying Mm -hmm. what, sometimes now this isn't verbatim but this was sort of the idea mm-hmm. that sometimes you look around you and you see people who are doing so well you know they're getting brand endorsements and this and this and that yeah. and you wonder like hello I'm putting in the work why is it happening to me and what automatically yeah, yeah. came to my mind was you know everyone has their time and you know it's, it's good to see other people do well but you're gonna have your
1: time yes. you, but it's just not your time yet you know yes yeah. and it's 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 interesting to me that as humans, we kind of try to guess how it's all going to go. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in God. I'm a firm believer in God's creation being the universe and that things happen the way that they are meant to. And understanding that your blessings come cut to your size. Yeah. So I look at these people and the brand endorsements and the things that they have. But I also look at them and realize that they are nowhere near as vocal as I am about the things that I see in society. Mm. So am I willing to sacrifice my voice to have things? Mm. And I know that I'm not really, I'm not, I wouldn't want to make that trade off. I wouldn't want to suddenly start being this kind of person that you see on Instagram that has nothing really to say. Mm. even if they, they are there are things to say they won't ever say it because they need to keep brands happy yes and so therefore there has to be the brand that is celebrating that celebrates me being who i am and speaking about the things that i speak about a brand strong enough in their kind of integrity and ethics to let me do what i'm doing and that's okay and i just don 't think that there are many out there if we look at like the capitalist society that we exist within there aren 't many out there that will allow for that sort of thing ha- uh, that sort of thing to happen. So as much as it looks nice and I look at my um, friends and people around me who are getting these deals. And I think, oh, that's wonderful. I remind myself that, yeah, but that's not yours. Like, that's not yours. And you, so, have, you have to compromise a lot. Like you said,
0: your voice. And I think <laughs> one of the reasons your podcast gained so much traction is because you are blunt and you are honest. <laughs> you take the risk and you say the things we're all thinking but don't say. And that's <laughs> refreshing. You know, people want to hear those things. And you're absolutely yeah. Those people who are getting all the brand endorsements they're not saying anything because they can't say anything They've, they', can't, and, there's they not, can't. and there's nothing wrong with that people need to eat and I'm not saying exactly. people need to eat we all live in the capitalist society we all have buildings. Yeah, yeah. we all want to live well and i I have nothing against these people, but there is always a compromise and when you yeah. decide to go down that path of being the brand ambassador and the influencer and all that kind of stuff, it means that
1: you you minimize your voice. You minimize your voice. Yes. A lot. And if, if, if you feel like there's not much that you wanted to say with that voice in the first place, then that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah. for me, and the kind of spirit that I have, to, it would feel like death. It would feel yeah. like death to like me. A spiritual to, death. <laughs> yeah, like a spiritual death to not say things because I've, I know that I'm going to lose something material, you know, because I've said that thing but actually when I look at the way that I think that the universe rewards you for doing to you know for doing the things that you said you're going to do and showing up in the world as you are meant to show up so although those deals aren't I don't have those endorsements what I do have is people that believe in me and they're constantly sending me messages and emails and things like that to cheer me on. And it means that people, there are people who listen, who work at companies and they're being subversive in how they bring me into these companies to do workshops or to Mm. do talks, you know, to teach their employees more about certain things. So I'm doing things in a slightly different way because of the kind of thing that I do. and it would have only been possible because i can like i consistently kept saying that this is what i think and i'm not changing it this is what i think and this is how i see things and that's what it is um somehow the the universe makes space for you it makes space for you to to do that and to be that yeah
0: and i think it's shown a lot of people that you don't have to compromise your values you can be yourself and you can create, hmm. you can carve space for yourself and do it your own way. And you don't have to go down the usual path of, okay, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and do what I
1: have to do. Yeah, You don't have to do that. So it's, it's shown that, that there are options. It, yeah. And it's the lie that we've been told. It's the lie also that we've been told as women that mm-hmm. it's not attractive for you to be such a loud mouth. It's not attractive for oh you to God, say yeah. the thing. happening in life how dare you women across the world we've been taught that to be demure that's where you need to go women are seen but not heard and so suddenly we're seeing that no there are women who have been speaking out for centuries but now more so like we've got this we've got social media more women are speaking out about various subjects and it's a space for us to learn and to commune and and to support each other and so therefore we're seeing it, it like we're seeing it reflected back to us in society and people are shocked because they're like, they're thinking, Oh, but you, you, I thought you were all meant to be quiet. And even we thought we were meant to be quiet and we're realizing that actually we don't have to, we can speak out. And Mm -hmm. it's obviously there's always a danger. There's always a danger with these things, but you know, know, it, 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 it's one we have to take or the, it's a risk we have to take in order to make sure that we live our truth.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest um, problems with it is that you're often misunderstood. Not you specifically, but if you are that yeah, yeah. Person that speaks your mind and you're you're open and you're opinionated and whatnot, I think you will. It's easy to become misunderstood. Like people will easily yeah take words. And your people will always try to find an angle to attack you. I mean, I know with you, yeah. for example, you've always talked about how black certain black men are always saying, "Why are you so angry? Who hurt you?" Yeah, it's yeah. Like, where does that come from?
1: <laughs> you know, it's an interesting thing to me because at one point, and I'll be honest, Joanne, at one point I thought, "Am I talking about men too much on the show?" Like, am I, I I created this podcast to address the issues of that I. and I see in the world and the joys as well of black womanhood. Yet I'm on here talking about this black man was attacked here. This happened to this black man. This happened to this man over here. Like I'm constantly talking about the things that are happening to black men. So I thought, am I being, am I focusing too much on what's happening to black men and speaking out about those things when I should be looking at what's happening to women? Mm. Um, Then it, it blows my mind when I'm thinking that I'm talking about what happens to them too much to hear, oh, you're always attacking us. I'm thinking, no, I spend a disproportionate amount of time on my podcast talking about the things that happen to you and how they need to stop and how you need to be protected. But for some reason, you believe that I'm not doing that. And it's, it's weird to me because I want to see the work. I want to see the things that I've said that has led to this, but there are no words to justify it. They just feel intimidated by the fact that I speak out about things. So surely I must be dissenting of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that you can create you can critique structures i critique racism all of the time Mm. that doesn't mean that i despise people the people who benefit from it no i just see us all as being people who are victims of this structure but there are some of us who get who get more benefits being part of that structure that's it
0: yeah yeah no i
1: think go ahead sorry yeah i was going to say and it's the same thing to me that i see um black masculinity or um that that it being a structure it being this thing there are things that are detrimental to us as women as black women because of this structure but that doesn't mean that i hate black men because i'm still here saying that this very same structure is the reason that police brutality disproportionately happens to black men and boys like It's that very same thing that we're all confined within that is causing this to happen to you. And we need to dismantle it so you can be safe and we can be safe. Duh. Yeah, yeah. But it never translates. translates. No, I think you're
0: just, you know, like any woman with a voice and and who's not afraid to use it. I think you just intimidate a lot of people. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's what it boils down to. Come on. We see it all the time. And in your instance, Mm -hmm. you know, you happen to be black. You happen to be a dark-skinned black woman. And I say this because (laughs) I am a dark-skinned black woman. And I know what it's like to be the dark-skinned black woman that has the opinions and everybody assumes you're angry because you've got opinions. And you you always have to kind of walk that line between, okay... How do I have an opinion but not come across as being angry? And you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to have my opinion and share it, you know? That's <laughs> and you, it. And you that is it. Things. And you've said these things. You've got short hair. You're strong. You've got, you know, mm. you got a muscular kind of like. But yeah. I think all of these things combined, I think that intimidates a lot of people i think it really
1: does a lot of people and i um, and i thank god that i have a therapist i have an incredible therapist i've had incredible <laughs> we, all but... <laughs> we all need one
0: we all need one in this world we so self- i think personally i think therapy is a form of self-care i think we should all do
1: it form. is a form of self-care and i want it to be as accessible at, uh, to different people to everybody mm-hmm. um so we, we on a governmental level we have to find a way of making this more of a thing because we all need it. And I, I'm grateful that I have a therapist who, um, understands. I love that she's not so much on, so she's not on social media. She doesn't get it when I'm telling her about followers and, and um, engagement rates and things like that, but she gets the essence of it. So when I speak to her about these things and I talk to her about the fact that, you know, it makes me anxious having to worry about intimidating people. I mean, you know, someone sent me dog, um, horse manure to my, first studio based on the views that I share online and things like that so yeah there is there is a part of me that does worry about those things and looks at those things and she said to me but that was never any of your business how other people feel about you is none of your business because you can't control it you yeah. can't, you don't yeah. know what experiences that they've had that they're projecting onto you or that they're seeing in you. You just have to let people have their things. And that also includes their insecurities. Mm. You're not going to make them like you. You have to be okay with the fact that not everyone's going to like you and that's fine. Mm. Um, and that has been really, really helpful. So when I get, you know, there was this whole thing that happened in the summer, you know, still grieving, Um, dealing with the miscarriage and things like that over the summer black men on social media suddenly discovered that my partner is white even though I've been with him for a number of years and that's been online yeah 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 and they they I my name was trending on Twitter for like five days because that's all they spoke PR, PR yeah right You gotta know I'm. You gotta put a twist on these things. You know, all the time, <laughs> all the time, and you know because they did that. Like one of the the story that I wrote for you know the opinion piece that I wrote for BBC News had just under a million hits um in 24 hours because they were so aggravated by my existence and they had deemed me to be a hypocrite. Mm. So Ooh, yeah. even in those. Things, even in those things, there's a benefit that they don't realize. They don't realize that they're still helping me, even with their misguided anger. Yeah, because in that article, what I thought was funny was at
0: the beginning, you wrote, well, if I'm going to respond, at least let me get paid for it. And I thought, there you Simple. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, people, people are just going to be people. But that was, that was quite controversial for some people. But I think, I think yeah. it's just like what you said about you can critique structures, but it doesn't mean you're against, you know, you can critique the patriarchy, it doesn't mean you're against black men. It's the same thing you're a black woman, exactly. and you happen to have a fiance who is Polish, and people see that yes. as contradiction why yeah why you know like Like, oh you're a
1: hypocrite don't speak about racism then if you're going to be with a white person don't speak about racism then if you're going to be with a white person but Mm -hmm. I also speak you know even before I was with a white person or with a white man I was also I was with other men and so does that mean I shouldn't ever speak about feminism or patriarchy because I'm with a man in that case you're saying that I should just be silent all of the time that you can critique something that you exist within. I critique the capitalist structures that we exist within. That doesn't mean I don't buy and sell things like, you know, I'm still involved in the thing that I'm critiquing, but I just know that there are fundamental flaws that we need to address. That's it. Mm.
0: I think there's a lot of bitterness and resentment there. Like there's something going on there. It obviously has nothing to do with you, other people's. bitterness, Mm -mm. Like, Oh, well, how can she be pro black? and be dating um, or be with a white guy. And it's like, well, yes. I, I don't understand. That happens all the time. Like, you can, be, yeah. you, know, pro, you can be pro-Palestinian. It doesn't mean you hate Israelis, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing, you know, it's like... Constant false dichotomies, constant false binaries that we are forced to exist within, and it's just like we don't actually have to. In every discussion about anything, there is nuance because nothing just exists in a vacuum. There are complexities that yeah. we have to like, address and to um, embrace in order, and you know, and y- just to make progress, we have to address these things and accept these things. Yeah. I think oh, that oh. the age of social oh, media. It's yeah it's, it's just it's, it's reductive yeah yeah, yeah. That's it's exactly. reductive it, in the age of social media people want everything neat and tidy they want a, a sound bitey type of tweet everything to be neat and tidy. But what I'm asking us to do, what I'm encouraging us to to do is to understand that nothing is black and white. There are so many gray areas and that's where we exist. We exist in those gray areas, is those things that we should be exploring and understand that we might never find the solution, but we can explore the different questions
0: absolutely absolutely for sure so how do you then go about saying no let's get to the other aspect of the conversation so getting used to hearing no fine you know it it leads you to introspection and creating opportunities yeah. and all that good stuff so then what about saying no because i think as women yeah. it's a big big issue around saying no
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think that's the thing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um we we want to be nice, we want to be light And in the say your mind planner that I'm releasing in the new year, I actually one of the affirmations at the top of the page for one of the weeks is um focus on being um don't focus on being nice, focus on being kind. Mm. So because I feel like ultimately there is a difference there is a difference between those two things and um we as women I guess we've so focused on being nice. Because mm. that's what we've been taught. But Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie says um, in one of her books that I, I'm not obligated to be nice to anybody that means me harm. Mm. And sometimes mm. people might not necessarily mean you harm in that sense. But if whatever they're asking me to do in any way um, messes with or contradicts my sense of peace, hold yeah. on one moment messes with my sense of peace, then it's not something that I need to indulge in. So I had to get used to saying no. And I wasn't used to saying no because, you know, as a victim of sexual abuse when I was a child and things like that, um, I struggled to have these boundaries because there was so much woundedness there. Mm. and um, it's only through therapy that I started to learn about these things in terms of saying no and um, it made a big big difference to my life because I think that even in the metaphysical sense or the esoteric sense the things that you say no to allow the universe to know the things that you are willing to say yes to right for
0: sure so how what, and, what do we need to do though to go about being able to say no is it about knowing your priorities about your knowing your non-negotiables like how do we set those boundaries
1: i think that it's about looking forward and then coming backwards from there so it's pretty much what we touched on in that what kind of life do i envisage for myself what do i want in my life so Mm -hmm. for me it even feeds into like the business side of things so Um, People constantly approach me and say, oh, my God, we love your tweets. We love what you're doing. We think you're amazing. We've got this event coming up that people are paying to attend. And we'd love you to do a workshop or to speak as a panelist at this event. Um, We won't be paying you. I know. You talk a lot about this. People
0: not. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see you once when you're like, people I need to get paid. But what is that about? Why are you
1: comfortable? Like, what is that
0: about?
1: But but I think that it's specific to to women, but I think it's specific to black women in that you should just be grateful. There's this subliminal conversation that's happening that you should be grateful that you're even being allowed into these spaces. The gratitude um, should be, enough payment for you the exposure the alleged exposure should be enough for you that you don't require payment meanwhile other people who are attending that event have been prioritized for payment just not you wow so mad I had to get used to saying no in that respect because it, the first few times it happened, I thought, oh, wow, oh my God, I feel so honored. I'm being asked to be part of this thing. But there's a voice in my head saying, yeah, but they should be paying me for this thing because it's something that you've cultivated. You've taken your time, you've worked on, you've honed your craft. You, you spend hours reading um, theor- you know, theory. You, you spend hours going out there, learning the practical of these things that you speak about. Mm. But they don't want to pay you for that time. That's odd. It's a form of so, disrespect. It's a form
0: of
1: disrespect, I think. Exactly. And when I started to see it as that, that made a. And it's to me, there's it's abusive the dynamic that even takes place when they say to you, "Oh, but you know, you'll get exposure." But for you to have found me, I was already exposed. So how much more exposure do I need? Can I pay my rent with exposure? No. So <laughs> therefore. <laughs> So therefore, I require real people money. That's what I require, like real life money. So um, it felt awkward the first few, a few times to say thank you, but no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. That uncomfortable happening,
0: I, I know that. Yeah. But I think you've got to do that and just let that happen. And then you get over it
1: after a while. I think it's exactly to do that discomfort initially, you know? yeah and you know I and I got I got used to it you know I got used to it I'm getting used to it rather because now I just say no and actually no 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 is a full sentence I don't need to tell you no because blah 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 um the reason I'm saying no is because you know um I've got bills to pay and uh, no I just say no because mm. if the person could be, or the organization could be audacious enough to ask me and tell me that they're not going to pay me. I can be audacious enough to just send them a simple, no, full stop. That's it. Mm, and, like, and if, that is.
0: if these are well-established organizations that we know have the ability to pay, yes you know it's not like a social enterprise or non-profit
1: that's struggling or exactly exactly and Mm -hmm. even what's Mm -hmm. funny to me is that even those um organizations they're willing to pay most of the time they're willing to pay they usually say you know we don't have a a, a big budget for any of this stuff but we can cover you your expenses or we can cover this or we can cover that like they're always willing to do something which isn't something that I find with the larger organizations, they think that just with the name that they have, you should just be jumping for joy that they'd asked, they've asked you to be involved in this thing. Um, yeah. And that's not the case for me. And usually they want the, um, you know, a section of your time that's actually rather inconvenient. So it's not even like you could go and do something else um, to kind of make up the fact that they're not paying you. No, I mean, like for someone like yourself, you've taken on so much risk. You put
0: yourself out there in in the most authentic way i mean you mm. really don't have anything to lose by saying no you see where i'm coming no from?
1: So, yeah yeah and yeah. there'll be someone else for every no there'll be other people who will give you your yes so i'm sure there's somebody else that would l- be glad to have that platform and not be paid for it but just not me not at this time i think that i and i remember reading a facebook post that rennie edo lodge put up at one point a mm. few years ago no probably just over to just about two years ago and she posted on Facebook and she said um from this day onwards I'm no longer doing unpaid work regardless of the circumstance I'm not doing it because people say oh but what about this organization what about that organization but you'd be surprised to find that those organizations are usually willing to pay and if I want to do something without and not receive pay I will choose what that thing is nobody's going to choose that for me yeah and I just look at, I remember reading that and thinking wow that's so Like brave, wow! Mm -hmm. So not realizing that I too would get to that point and think, no, I have to care. I have to set boundaries for myself and for other people because otherwise, I'll expend so much energy and not be getting it back in a way that can keep me going. Yeah. So it it was necessary for my well being to start saying no to many things, and even in terms of friendships as well. You. Friendships and family, okay. that's the, the points where we struggle with our nose the most because we don't want the conflict, but we have to set boundaries. We have to set boundaries with friends and family because usually they're the ones that need it the most. They have such so much access to us mm. that we don't even realize when the violence is being inflicted, whether it's um, intended or not, we don't realize that it's it's detrimental to our well-being because we just think that that's the way things are. There are things that family members can say to you that you never accept from a stranger, absolutely, ever. Absolutely. But somehow, it's family, so it's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, we all know the term, blood is thicker than water, da da, 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 da. But, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Not if that, you know, not if that blood's stressing me out and sending me to the Exactly. And, and create, you know, make and, me go broke and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's so black and white. You know, it is,
1: isn't. You know, that's, it never that's, is. But, but also that phrase, we, we misuse it a lot because um, I've forgotten, I, I don't know whether it's Richard third. I can't remember where it's from, but basically the actual full phrase is that the blood of brotherhood is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm. so that's actually saying the reverse of what people think it means It's saying that the, the the family that we choose that you know the bondedness that brothers find in in war you know when they're soldiers or whatever the people who they have chosen each other that blood that is spilled, that they choose to spill together that's mm-hmm. stronger than the the water of the sack you know of familial kind of bondedness like yeah. is that that's stronger but um we've um, over time we have started using it differently, but actually people don't realize that it means the reverse of what they think it means. And so they'll say that to you all the time, like blood is thicker than water, blood is thicker than water. And actually I'm like, yeah, actually, you know what? You are totally right. It is because the blood that I choose is, is stronger than, you know, the water of the womb. That's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Um, because we choose our family, even the, even the ones that we are born into, we still have to choose them. Yeah. We choose
0: them. every and we day. you, you know, your partner, exactly. your husband, you choose to get up every day and be committed and be yes. committed and, and all of that stuff, despite
1: their flaws, it's all a choice it's all a choice it's exactly. all a choice we choose ourselves every day we have to make the cons- conscious choice of choosing ourselves every day sometimes we take even ourselves for granted we just wake up and go through the motions yes. not thinking really about the fact that even ourselves we have to look ourselves in the mirror look at ourselves and say yeah today i'm choosing you because if we don't remind ourselves we put ourselves um, on the back burner we put ourselves at the bottom of the list to prioritize other people and things um and that shouldn't be the case, even when we're, prior, even when we are choosing other people and things, choosing ourselves has to be at the forefront of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you, when you realize the power of saying no, that's mm-hmm. when you, become re- you can become really confident. It's like, okay, I'm resting in this. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know what I'm doing. No, keep it moving. And you just have no mm-hmm you don't care what people think about you because you know you're going to be called a bitch that's natural people yeah yeah, yeah. That. but that's okay you know as
1: long as I like me that's okay yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? yeah and that's as long as I can sleep with the decision I made that's fine that's not to say that I don't know who could have um, attended these things I you know if we're looking in the business sense I don't know who could have attended this event I've just turned down maybe someone really really like important or whatever but I made the decision, and I'm sticking with my decision. That's that. And I think that when we stick to our guns and we do the things, um, we you know we stick to the kind of our personal codes of conduct. It mm-hmm. means that organisation and therefore society has to shift, whether they like it or not. They have to shift. It's because people kept complaining about the fact that un- unpaid internships are unethical they kept yeah. saying no 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 that we have to now have more paid internships there has to be the no there has to be the no for the shift to happen Definitely. and it's yeah. you know, the same in families as well the same in the, uh, the same in relationships the no has to be there for the shift to happen yeah. if people don't know what the boundaries are they'll they, they won't realize when they're crossing them
0: absolutely absolutely no is no is powerful no is really powerful so definitely what parting words do you have for my listening audience now these are all women who are in the early stages of business mainly based in the developing world emerging economies what parting words do you have for them they're just starting out in business still trying to
1: define their way so to speak Ah, uh, so my parting words would definitely be re- Rejection is redirection.. Mm, I like that. Um, when we are starting out when we are doing the things that we're doing we will face so many no's we'll face so many alleged rejections but it's just remembering as we said throughout this um, episode that a rejection is a redirection back to self what could we do differently the next time what could we possibly do by ourselves Um, and just going back to self and reminding ourselves that we are not our rejections we're not it's not an impact on who we are or how good our idea is or how feasible um and and our idea is or you know the things that we aspire for it's not a reflection of those things Mm -hmm. we are fine we're doing what we need to be doing we will get to where we're going redirect come back to self yeah, that's it. Yeah. Celebrate yourself and then get back on it again. And looking at the ways that we can move differently. Every time it seems like I've received that, that, that there's been an obstacle in my way in terms of a rejection, I've been able to find a way around it or over it, but I'm always moving through it. Mm, yeah, I like that. And by the way,
0: for those of you that don't know, Kelechi has said no to us tonight because she's recorded her last Say Your Mind podcast. No more straws. No more more straws. It's just going to be oh But I'm glad that they that there's it's live somewhere, so I can always go back and I can watch the old podcast and have a have a good laugh. Exactly. There were times where I literally screamed (laughs) podcast like, oh my god, did she just say that?
1: and you know that's what i'll miss i i want it to come back i want it to come back maybe as a as a talk show or something i don't think any tv network would commission it but just to bring it back with bring it back with a like a set bring it back with something fancy you know bring it back um with more robustness that's what i feel like if sym were to come back it would come back in that form where there'll be guests and so just so it can exist and be what it wants to be Um, but, but we'll see. But we'll see. But I'll miss it. It's it's, it's not, And that's another thing as well. I think one of the lessons is that no isn't always easy to say because I'll miss doing the podcast. As I'm sure people I will miss having you the podcast. Will.
0: I could tell you were yeah. a bit sentimental in your in the yeah. last. I could see it
1: (laughs) yeah because you know it's it's gotten me through so much it's gotten me through so much this year it's been an amazing year opportunities have come my way because of taking that risk of making the podcast and I've learned so much about myself from the realizing the views that I have about certain things Mm. um and you know even doing the tarot opening up so many other different people to tarot cards as well yeah, and affirmations that, that was new. And things that was like new that me. the
0: tarot was new for me because i i mean i knew what tarot was but i didn't know yeah. how it worked and whatever and i would just listen to you and i'd be like oh, okay this is different this is interesting mm. yeah yeah i thought the tarot I mean, part of the podcast was really different i like that i enjoyed that No,
1: and I felt that if I'm going to bring something to the table, I had to bring something that was so in tune with me, and the tarot was one of those things, and I'm glad that, you know, my friends who are Muslim, Christian, like, different people will write to me almost every week and say, thank you so much, like, I love my religion. I believe wholeheartedly in my religion, but you said something this week because of the tarot cards that really resonated with me. And I think that that's the beauty of them, that they just speak to the human condition. It's, yeah. it's, and, and that's it. There is a lesson for us in each picture that's depicted on the card. And it's just saying what I decode those um, pictures to mean. And every week there's somebody who's like, I really, really needed that this week. So if nothing else, I'm grateful for that.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, there are people. I remember listening in to all of the people that would write into you and say, Thank you for, for saying this, and thank you for saying that. And like I told you, mm. when you we were offline, I really believe you created a safe space for a lot of people who were just dying for someone to say what, they, what they're thinking or what they're feeling.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm. And that was, that was just so important for me for us to know that it's possible it's possible for us to get on air say what we need to say and that's it and just encourage people to say their mind to speak their mind that was when I was thinking of what I wanted to call the podcast I definitely wanted it to be something that encouraged us to just talk more um and and to say what we honestly think because that's how things are going to change if we say what we well, honestly people are think scared. people are scared yeah people are scared to speak their
0: mind people are scared to say what they really think because you know they can get fired from their job or exactly
1: and that's why i remind people all the time like i can say this stuff because i've got a studio and no one's firing me from my own studio <laughs> <Exactly>. so <laughs> it, it, so there's there's that privilege there that allows me to say it but while i've got the platform i'm going to say what i what i feel a lot of us are thinking i'm going to say it because I, I have to take the risk for us mm, regardless yeah. like some of us can't like you said say it because we're in employment um an yeah. in, in official employment with people and organizations but as long as I know that we're all on the same page I'm happy to say it
0: yeah, yeah, but then I also appreciated that they were things that you chose not to participate in and not to be a part of because I think there were times where everybody felt like, okay, Kalechi needs to talk about this, and why isn't she saying anything about this? And it's like, come on, <laughs> you know, like people yeah, are, yeah, expecting you to comment on every
1: little thing, literally everything. But the uh, the irony of that is that if I were to, people turn around and go, my God, does she ever take a break? She's always angry about exactly. everything. right you can't you can't please everyone and there are just some things that i just think that's not i don't feel called to say it and it's it might sound really odd but the subjects i chose every week for the podcast i would feel something in my chest and i would know whether it's something that i should speak on you know i'd go through a list of the things that i'd seen happening that week on you know on the internet and in life but there would only be like one or two things that i'd feel that like pinprick almost in my chest and i'd think yep that's the one I'm speaking about and oftentimes these things that they're mentioning I saw them but I did not feel called to be the one to speak about them
0: and you know every conversation isn't for us you know yes some conversations we have to step back and let other people lead you know we can't right our place we can't speak on everything we don't have to speak on everything you know and it's yeah you you know what you're passionate about and you speak passionately about those topics and and that's fine it's kind of like you don't have to be involved in everything you know what I mean? No, it's okay. Time time.
1: And despite, um, I made the episode about rent an angry black woman because <laughs> I, <that>. I, I <laughs> right. I, and there has to be the space for me to feel joy and happiness and, and tenderness and just contentment and speaking on every single thing wouldn't allow me to have that. So yeah it was important for me to prioritise that above all else, looking for happiness and joy wherever it may exist. That's my practice and I think that that's my religion. Focusing on that, Um, talking about things endlessly, no that that wouldn't do it for me. And also, there's only so much that you can talk about things as well. You want to be able to impact actual change. So Mm. some of the things I'm doing are behind the scenes and I can't actually show people yet, but Right. eventually, by yes. God's grace, it will come to fruition and people will see it in the, you know, mainstream realm.
0: Yeah, and there's a lesson to be learned. You know, you do something for a certain time frame, you make your mind up about how long you're going to do something, you do it, you stick to it, and then you move on because there's other things to do, you know, other things yes. yes. to go on and other things that you just want to be involved in and you don't want to, to limit yourself. And like I told you, I think the podcast, you have created a brand with this podcast <laughs> it's not just any old podcast it's a brand and that will live beyond you that will exist beyond you physically being there which is not only just great for all of us but from a business perspective it's very clever so yeah
1: thank you thank you yeah, thank you for sure for sure well, for our, sorry go ahead go ahead i was gonna say yeah just as you said i said we'll see because the brand is is there so we'll see what what can come of it
0: no, it is. It is there. And I think that what you've done is what so many people have failed to do. Monetize, you know, monetize. Mm. How do you create content and then monetize that content? And that's very few yeah. people do that. I think a lot of people, they, they do the podcasting and they like doing all of the talking, blah, blah, blah. But they haven't actually figured out a way to monetize things. And you've done yes. that. You've done that. And you've done it. And now you're moving on. And So you've created something tangible that lives beyond you. So even though you're not physically doing the podcast anymore, you still have, you know, this thing that's out there in the space and you can always Mm. come back to it if you choose to. So I think that that was quite strategic
1: as well. Really thank good. you thank you yeah. i think that well sometimes you know it's great when i speak to people um, like yourself because there's the understanding of what's going on yes. whereas i think that some people imagine that i'm just stumbling about i think again when the, the oh, perception that they have oh she's a twerk teacher or she does poll <laughs> or she's just this so i think that they fail to understand that there there is a method almost to my madness when i'm doing yeah. a lot of these things because it has to stay there but I guess the um the average person just doesn't see it it's like oh she just happened to do this I'm like, not really no, but okay
0: really, not really because for example <laughs> when you had said that you were going to have your first live show I saw that coming I knew that was going to happen at some point <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know when. because I'm like come on you live in London you do the podcast yes it just seemed like the next thing to do you know, yes, but when you, but when you said that you were going to end the podcast, I was kind of surprised about that. I thought maybe you take a break or you because I know you're an actress, I thought you would, yes. like, move on, move into something else. But when you said no, you're ending it, I was like, okay, I was like, hmm. but then I knew, okay, obviously, she's got other things she wants, she wants to work. Yes, on. you've done that with everything, even with the cards. You release the cards and you release a certain amount. It was like, okay, it's done, that's it. If you haven't gotten them too bad. You know, <laughs> so, so I, like that. I like that. Like strictly from a, like from a business standpoint. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. You did that. You gave us a little bit of a tease. Boom. Okay. It's out. You know, like re- yes. rare little pieces here and there. Those of you who got it. you Exactly. The rest of you too bad. Wait till next time. If there is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's important. It's important. And what I'm hoping that that does is that it cultivates this, um, behavior within us as, uh, people that support businesses, most especially black businesses, which is most, especially like black creatives, black female creatives, yeah. that we support them and we support them in a timely way because, yeah. I think that some people are scared of releasing merchandise or doing things because they don't know if the support will be there because traditionally they haven't seen the support there. So I just thought, you know, to monetize and to do things in this way is encouraging us as much as we can to like literally support whenever we can. And um, rather than just like, oh, well done. Yes. Click like, no, let's, let's make, a, let's make a economic difference in this In these people's lives, and in that way, we're changing the power we have in society because we've made someone else's brand more robust.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you've built a brand from scratch. You've built a brand from scratch that's recognisable. That's you know, like in my head, every time I think of say your mind, I'm always thinking about straws.
1: People you know, always send pictures of straws.
0: <laughs> no, and I love how in the YouTube channel, like when we're looking at you, you strategically place the straws so we can all see them. Like this girl knows what she's doing. I anyway, I knew that. Yes. From the I knew that from the outset. Like I had said to Sienna, that she's not just a pole. I mean, you know, you know, you just like you mm-hmm. know the vibe. You know, like there's some people who are just you can tell they're just kind of existing. You know, they just move space to space. But you know when you meet a woman who's like, uh uh, she's on it. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. But I always say though, I hope you take breaks because breaks are necessary. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) They are necessary and I'm and I'm going to take a big one.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and exactly. And that's why it's it's I'm really happy that even though I'm sad that you're ending the podcast, I'm happy that you're you're moving on and you're taking a break and you're going to start something new. And I can't wait to see what you what you get up to next so it'll be amen
1: thank you yeah thank you i've got the radio show i've got the radio show um um but i again i said on the podcast today i feel it right in my gut that i'm not going to be there for very long because it doesn't again feel like something that i'm necessarily called to do but it's um it's one of those things that i guess you do for experience you know to to be to to have covered broadcasting in all of the forms, I guess. So that's why I thought, why not? Let me just give this a, a try. See how I get on on radio. See how I do that. Yeah. But literally, I think that that's a few months. I think probably four months tops, and then I'm out. Acquire
0: um, it some not new skills more. and and show your versatility. I mean, it's to me, it's just it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, you know. Thank you. Thank so you so there, much. Joanne. Is there anything that you would like from? Your, uh,
1: my listeners, that you would like. Um, no, I mean, they, I'm always happy for the listeners to follow me. That would be wonderful to hear of other um, people's experiences and how, how they're getting along with their businesses and things like that. That would be really, really great. Yeah. Um, so my yeah. handles for that are just at Collection of costs That's so my main. Going
0: handle. to say, share all your social media with uh, that you that you'd
1: like to share with with. Um, yeah. So they can follow you so yeah so it's at at collection of and for those who haven't heard the podcast and would like to experience that journey that's say your mind pod at say your mind pod they can you know experience it in that way because it'll be on there it'll be on there for for a while for people to check into i'm still getting messages from people saying i just like listening to your podcast this week i love it so much and i'm thinking oh baby you don't know how it ends yeah. but okay yeah. <laughs> I, know I
0: introduced quite a few people to your podcast. Um, thank you. Some of my colleagues here that are um that are teachers they were like, "Oh my god, they they're American. They're like, "Oh my god, who is she?" Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And a male friend who um who lives in London because he's also um an actor. And I said to him, "Oh, yeah." And I said to him, Kalechi's an actress, you're an actor." I said, "Look at how she's created a platform for mm. herself like she's literally created a platform for herself created a brand. i mean this is leverage that's eventually going to help her with her acting as well and i was like you should consider, definitely like doing what you know what she's done and he started listening to your podcast and now he's doing his thing and i was like yeah because like it's yeah. very difficult for actors and and actresses and he's a man of color yes as you can imagine it he's got his own difficulties as well so
1: yeah 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 and it's it's I think it's interesting that you said that because it's something that we haven't been told before as actors we're always told to be a blank canvas be a black blank canvas and um, casting directors will only want to hire you when it doesn't seem like he's been in anything you're involved in anything so they can mold you into what they want but yeah. actually I thought no I don't want to be a blank canvas I want it to be very clear who I am because then we understand there are things that I will and will not do. So I'm not begging for, um, you know, I'm not begging for a seat at the table as it were. I'm not working from a place of scarcity, which is what we've been, um, kind of condition to be as actors to work from this place of, oh my God, will I ever be cast? Oh my God, I'm so broke. I have to stay broke until my big break. But how about you don't have to be broke until your big break? How about you just live your best life? And should the role come that's right for you, you're going to approach it from a place of abundance, knowing that you have choices that you can make within that agreement. You have boundaries that you set from the early stages. It's not later on, maybe five films in that you're asking people to respect your humanity. You let people know from the get-go go because you know that essentially you've got nothing to lose that's what i feel like we need as actors more of like that kind of business um acumen that we can set up platforms for ourselves so we are um, self-sufficient and self-reliant and a
0: lot of creatives are always um criticized for not being business savvy quote unquote yes oh so they're good at the craft but they're not good at business and i i don't think so i think times have changed and there's so many ways for for creatives and, and actresses like yourself to use these platforms to just do all sorts of things and create your own opportunities. So.
1: Definitely. Because all of these companies now are looking online for the next big thing. They're looking for the person that's doing their own thing and has followers and, um, you know, th- that's doing something slightly against the grain. They're looking for that. So while we're waiting, being blank canvases, just waiting for this big break, they are looking literally elsewhere for the things that you have. So it's just about being out there. And the number of opportunities that I've had in the acting sense, I'm sure have come about because of my Twitter platform and because of the podcast. That's how they've come about, not because of the fact that I have an agent or I go to loads of auditions. No,
0: exactly.
1: literally it's from being online and it's being all myself.
0: You. Yeah, it's all, yeah. it's all you just promoting yourself and putting in the work. And I, and I hope that's something that, that's something we all can learn from. You've got to put in the work. You've got to put yourself out there and you've got to take the risk and you've you've got to make it happen for yourself. Literally.
1: Yes, literally. Literally, because no one's coming to do it for us. You know, and agents traditionally, that's what agents did. They went out and sought the opportunities and they did, you know, they would do that work. But in this day and age of social media, you post a great video of yourself doing something or sharing an idea of yours or, you know, things like that. And it might get out to more people you know than it would have otherwise by waiting for a third party to do it
0: yes indeed indeed well Kalechi I want to thank you for thank you incredible human being that you are Um, (laughs) thank you seriously and I I want you know what I want to thank you more so for for your vulnerability because I think throughout this entire series this entire podcast I one thing that I've recognized is how vulnerable you you are like you've shared so much with us you know like everything that's happening you've really put yourself out there and your vulnerability is your power and I think that's why I think that's why you can be such a polarizing figure like people either really really love you because of that power yes or they dislike you because of that power you know what I mean yes and yeah definitely definitely yeah I think your vulnerability is your power and I think you've You've really created something special and you've, you've found a way to just be your lovely dynamic self. Huh? And that's just great. <laughs> thank you so much. No, that means not. Yeah. Thank and you. And it's nice to see you doing your thing. So thank you so much for that. And final question, what yes. does rare mean to you? What does it mean to be rare?
1: Rare means to me, it's interesting to me because rare means to me, something that you can't find anywhere else. And we are literally all rare because you can't find us anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's about in, yeah. in, it's about embracing that. It's about embracing the fact that there is nobody else like us. And so therefore, even when we're putting that into the business sense, understanding that someone could have an idea that looks very, very similar to what we are proposing. But for the very fact that our DNA, the, the, our very essence, our inner divinity is so different than the the end you know the end product the outcome will always be different so it's believing in that and celebrating the fact that we are rare because that's part of our power
0: yeah so rare is power Ooh, i like that yes yes well thank you that is it all right Rarewise. thank you So that has been podcast episode number 98 with the magnificent Kalechi Okafor. I hope you have learned something. I have learned so much, so many tiny bits of morsels of information and knowledge that I've been just writing down and I'm going to go away and and gather all my thoughts. (laughs) um, Yes. Thank you so much again, Kalechi. And until next time, ladies, bye for now.